0: What's up, and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 21st, 2023. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and it is my pleasure to introduce for my very first time the Senior Director of Development at Able Gamers, Steve Spawn. Oh my gosh, it is our first Yay! time. Wow. Let's go. Dude, exciting. it's exciting. I've known you for, for many years, but never did a show with you. This is the first never. time.
1: No, Greg always captures me. I'm never allowed to host with you. And so finally we beat him down. We said we have to do this together. Here we are.
0: Let Tim and Steve host. You'll love to see it. How are you doing, man?
1: Uh, I am good on a Friday, but it is a stressful Friday. I hope you're doing a little less stress than I am.
0: You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm sitting pretty over here. Why, Why would you be stressed right now, Steve?
1: I am super stressed over tomorrow's big event with Able Gamers, where we are hosting our very, very first annual virtual gala. It's not something that has been done in the video game industry before, as far as we're aware, and it's one of those things where you're doing something new, something cool, and I'm hoping everybody loves it.
0: I am so excited for this. Congratulations and all the hard work going into it. What an amazing idea. Is there anything that you want uh, our audience to know about it? Can they be a part of it?
1: I hope that all of the kind of funny best friends will come out in force tomorrow. We've been chirping about this on Twitter for weeks now. It is a virtual gala that's going to start tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Anybody is invited for a $25 donation. You can see on the screen there we've got a whole run of the show starting at 4 p.m. Eastern. You're going to get to meet all of your cool content creator friends that you see me piling around. Little Sims B, Bruce Green, the kind of funny best friend. We have the Rooster Teeth crew coming out we have john reisinger defied by kai just so many names that you know and love um unfortunately greg wanted a 75 million dollar fee to show up couldn't afford him uh classic uh, greg classic greg yeah he wanted that or like a truck of oreos i don't know this was strange ask but yeah so uh there's gonna be a lot of cool people there um i think like my favorite part though is we're gonna premiere a world from your video tomorrow, which I think everyone's going to love. I hope to have tears in your eyes, Tim. I hope that you're proud of us, what we've done, and all the kind of funny support over the years has been enabled by you and your friends to why we're here and helping as many people with disabilities to play games as we are.
0: I absolutely love it, everybody. AbleGamers.org gala. You can go there and uh, be part of it all. Definitely support. What an amazing cause. What an amazing event, Steve. Very, very proud of you and everybody over there doing such amazing stuff. Uh, but for now, Let's talk about some video game news. Today's stories include back and forth about Hi-Fi Rush, Xbox working on a 10-year sequel, and more, because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We come at you with all the video game news that you need to know. Uh, You can watch it later on youtube.com or roosterteeth.com, but you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kinda Funny Games Daily and we will be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, though, and get a whole bevy of bonus content, including some of my favorite shows we do, The Shit List, Kind of Feudy, Greg Ways, so much great stuff, you got to go to patreon.com slash funny. just like our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining have done. Um, So much great housekeeping for you today. Uh, Today, the Dead Walk. Greg Miller's going to help you end them. That's right. Greg's playing Dead Island 2 on PS5 as part of a sponsored stream. And if you have the game and are watching live, Greg might come help you fight the undead. Tune in on Twitch and YouTube right after this, right after Games Daily. It's going to be a great day of shenanigans. Um, If you're looking for something a little bit more loving, a little bit more sexy, guess what? Love, Sex and Stuff is back. We recorded an episode last night. It's live now on YouTube youtubecom slash kind of funny it was an absolute banger some major reveals it was a, a really good time and I, it was really awesome having call-ins from the audience and being able to get give some advice out there hopefully make the world a slightly better place um, and speaking of a better place I'm in a better place because I have now seen Barrett Courtney's latest video essay about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and you too can do that on youtube.com slash kind of funny games the perfect way to get hype for Star Wars Jedi survivor coming next week Steve are you a, a Jedi guy
1: I cannot wait for the game. I love the Jedi world. I'm such a fan, but I can't wait for all that stuff to come out.
0: That is awesome. If you're looking for some uh, extra hype, you should definitely check out this video because it'll get you in the mood for sure. Um, also, our review of Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores is up right now on PSI Love You XOXO. And then over on Patreon, there are two new Remember Blanks where Greg, Mike, and Bless remember their favorite DLCs and where they remember the games they can't believe came out. Um, today, we're brought to you by Rocket Money, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A Baker's Dozen! (sighs) Story number one. Hi-Fi Rush was a breakout hit for Xbox. This comes from Aaron Greenberg, uh, via Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Vice President of Xbox Games Marketing, Aaron Greenberg, has issued a small statement on Twitter following previous claims that Hi-Fi Rush didn't make the money it needed to make. In the latest episode of Game Mess Decides podcast, industry insider Jeff Grubb said that Hi-Fi, uh, who was also a part of Love and Sex Stuff last night, um, Hi-Fi Rush was a breakout hit for us and our players in all key measurements and expectations. Wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Missed my spot here. In the latest episode of Game Mess Decides podcast, industry insider Jeff Grubbs said that Hi-Fi Rush didn't make the money it needed to make. The comment was picked up industry-wide, which has seemingly prompted Aaron Greenberg to clear up the matter. On Twitter, Greenberg said, Hi-Fi Rush was a breakout hit for us and our players in all key measurements and expectations. We couldn't be happier with what the team at Tango Gameworks delivered with this surprise release. Following the statement from Greenberg, Jeff Grubb said in his latest episode on Giant Bomb after the statement was read out to him, okay, that's fine, we'll leave it as that. The previous coverage has led to some pretty outlandish theories from the gaming community, including that Microsoft might abandon the Xbox platform and more. (laughs) That is wild. According to Bethesda, the game reached 2 million players by March 1st, and in late February, director John Johannes said that the game received 10,000 Steam reviews nearly a full month after release. Xbox seems to be firm on the fact that shadow dropping the game was a success, with Greenberg's comments further cementing their decision as being successful. Mm-hmm. Steve, what, what, what are your thoughts on this?
1: You know, it's always wild because you never know what's PR and what's reality when it comes to these Twitter statements on different shows. Um, yeah, you gotta wonder, like, when they're talking about that many players is that uh, was it because of Game Pass? Was it because a game was available on any kind of system that could allow people to play without having to purchase it? I don't know. I, I, I kind of always wonder why why do we so worry about whether or not a game... I, li, I like Jeff, but I don't know why would we worry about whether or not the game has a million players or more? I'm always just like did people enjoy it? Cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, see, I see where Jeff's coming from with this because what he's just talking about is like from what he heard, it's the financial side and the financial side is important for games we enjoy happening again and more things like it happening again and I think that the the conversation is interesting when you look at game pass and what and how it has changed the industry and the distribution model and on top of that the financial model of how these games are made and how uh, consumers are able to consume them and uh, show their support for the different IP and different developers and publishers out there mm-hmm. um, but Xbox or Aaron replying to this, It's a funny thing where I think both of these things can be true. What Jeff is saying of like, hey, from what he heard, this did not make the money they needed it to on that side. Those just aren't the metrics that Aaron and them are looking at because of things like Game Pass and because of just a success can be graded in many different ways when it comes to video games.
1: Yeah, was it because of the numbers of eyeballs? Is it, like, for example, uh, you know, me being on Twitch as much as I am, I know a lot of people that played this and a lot of eyeballs that were on the game, but does that count towards the metrics of downloading the game? Does it count if you don't sell the game? Do they care as far as whether a game was a success or a flop? All things that I, I, it it seems to change, game for game. Sometimes you hear, like, it doesn't matter, sometimes it does, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of Hi Fi Rush and I feel like it's one of the biggest wins Xbox has had in in, in a while. And I think one of the yeah. biggest wins the industry's yep. had in a while. Like a genuine surprise out of nowhere that we all loved and had a great time with. And uh I, I think it's really exciting that the year kicked off with a new IP on the Xbox side that I presume will be in the game of the year conversations. Maybe not the top spot, but the top 10, I think for sure, um, especially for kind of funny. So I I do want to see that game do well. And I just think that it's even uh, a bigger bummer for me to see the Jeff side of this news uh, of it, not doing well enough financially. When we also covered a couple weeks ago or months ago at this point, when hi-fi rush first mm-hmm. came out, that it was kind of crushing on steam and it was doing super yeah. well and being on the top of the charts. It's a little disconcerting that Even those numbers aren't good enough on the financial side. Again, success can mean many things, as Aaron pointed out.
1: What exactly is success for a game nowadays when you have, you know... what what was the statistic that they came out with about a month ago where it was like every year Steam put out 360 some games and now they put out 360 per week. It's like, you know, what, what, where do you put your success at that point? Uh, if everyone's talking about it and everybody loves it and it's a good game that's new and does something cool, I consider that a success.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I just think that when you look at, again, we're now years into this generation of uh, this console cycle and to see what PlayStation has been able to do on its side, Nintendo and Xbox, all of them having their own kind of defined lanes and to see where that vision started to where we're at now. I do think Xbox is one of the more interesting ones because of this game pass factor. And we've pundits and internet people have talked for years now about like where's the money coming from is this going to bottom out where game pass is devaluing video games or is it adding value to uh, having a quantity of experiences for people that that is where people want to go and we always talk about xbox game pass being the best deal in gaming but at some point it's like is that deal just for the audience is it going to negatively affect the devs and pubs out there to be able to make bigger, better games, or just more games, whatever it is that they want. Um, So as far as I'm concerned, as long as what Aaron is saying is being backed up by Microsoft and supporting the teams being able to do things, then this is kind of a win-win where we figured out a way where it doesn't necessarily need to be about the money in every single case, although we all know that it is the case in most places.
1: Yeah, it always has to come back to the bottom line. I think all gamers understand that, but the, the Xbox Game Pass is the best in the business because it lost so much. I mean, and that's not even talking about the accessibility or something. What if you can't play it because you don't want to? Or what if you can't play it because you physically can't? And Xbox Game Pass allows you to be like, oh, actually, I can't play that. Which actually, funny enough, happened to me with High fi Rush. I didn't think I'd be able to play it because of the way it controls. Tried it out, and turns out it was playable, and I did like it. So it was a good experience, and I was glad I was able to play it.
0: Has has Game Pass really been like a transformative platform for you in that sense? Absolutely
1: freaking lootly. Yeah, uh, I mean, remember the, the era of the demos is so dead now, right? They, they just don't do demos like they used to in the early 2000s. And so, because of that, a lot of times you would end up buying a game. And if you're physically disabled, you or even vision and sometimes a deaf gamers who can't play because of the audio cues not being there, wouldn't have to return games because you learned within the first six minutes you can't play it. You just wasted your 60 bucks. And Game Pass allows you to get around that to where you can play, you can enjoy, and you can try. Try out things that uh, you didn't think you could play. That happened to be with Rocket League. I actually hated that game. I even said on Twitter how much of a stupid game that was. Who would want to hit a, a ball with a car? Oh, that was so horrible. And it turned out that it was just like, I really just wanted to play it, and I couldn't, and I was mad about it. And so when I tried it out, so a friend bought it for me, and I was like, oh, actually, hold on. They, they put in this mode with a mouse? I can play it? Fantastic! And then I was its biggest fan. So, you know, I think there's that backlash. You gotta worry about If someone thinks they can't do something they'll say they hate it even if they would love it i
0: i I love that steve while i have you here i want to ask like with where we're at in 2023 right now top level do you think that sony microsoft and nintendo are doing uh, a bad okay good or great job when it comes to standardizing accessibility uh, options in their games
1: The fact that we are having this conversation right now and you're asking me about it is a sign that we're doing okay. It's out there, people care about it more, the trolls that yell about, you know, accessibility is stupid, are less and less. And and because more people care, more people are realizing that we should share this video game love that we have for the world with each other and make sure that more people can play. So I think they're doing better and better. Nintendo obviously has a ways to go, uh, as my inbox will tell you whenever I tried them on a show like this and they say steve please stop saying that but they do have a ways to go uh and then hopefully they'll catch up you know so many cool new things like the xbox controller but now the the sony playstation leonardo project coming out like man it's it's a good time to be a disabled gamer not just a gamer
0: that's so awesome man that is so so awesome so so hi-fi rush you were saying uh can you talk a little bit more about like how it ended up working for you
1: Yeah, you know, I thought that the timing on the controls would be really, really rough, especially, you know, it's the rhythm game, so you've got to be able to hit things in the right time, and I thought QTEs. QTEs are scary, especially if you can't click things at the right times. But it turns out that with the accessibility options built in, the camera controls are pretty forgiving. The combat itself is pretty narratively forgiving where you don't have to be perfect. You just have to sort of have fun with it. It's more like a a bashing good time rather than a, Oh, you missed the QCE start over.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let's move on to story number two, keeping in the Xbox side of things here. Xbox (laughs) is working on a mystery sequel that it says could take 10 years to make. This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Xbox currently has a mystery sequel in development that could take as long as a decade to make it's been revealed. As spotted by Axios' Steven Totillo, the game was mentioned in court documents relating to an ongoing legal challenge in which a group of self-identified gamers, that's such a scary way to put it, (laughs) self-identified gamers, are are trying to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. At one point, the document explains that AAA games can take a long time to make, using Halo Infinite as an example, though the length and cost of development is redacted. It then says, quote, for instance, according to one Microsoft executive, Redacted, a forthcoming title from the Redacted franchise may take a a decade to develop. It's not clear if this is a completely new game that hasn't yet been announced or something players already know about, such as Elder Scrolls VI, which was announced at E3 2018 and is therefore seemingly at least five years into development development. Bethesda's Todd Howard said in 2021 that it was good to think of the Elder Scrolls 6 as being in a design phase, suggesting the Xbox exclusive is still some years away. What uh, do you think, Steve?
1: Uh, I, I think this is just going to be Skyrim Year 35 Edition. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just going to put out another Skyrim. It's just going to be the remaster, but they're going to add one new quest, and we're going to all pay $90 for it. That's At this point, can you imagine having uh, a 10-year window that you have to wait to see your product? Like, my gosh, uh, those developers, like uh, the, the fortitude you have to make something that the world won't even see for a decade. Can you imagine?
0: A decade, man. That, that re- It really is a long time. And mm. we always talk about game development and how different it is from movies or TV, even though there are similarities yeah. in the the uh, workflow pipeline of it all. But uh, 10 years to work on, on a project that... You know, we may or may not have even heard about publicly yet. Uh, I, you can assume they are talking about Elder Scrolls Six here, or you know, to your point, maybe this is the um, oft-requested Skyrim remake that is inevitable <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it it is unfortunate that things can get this unruly because mm. there's so much pressure. That what if after ten years it's not Skyrim? You know, what if it doesn't do what it needs to do? And we've seen that on the Xbox side with Halo, right? Where a game that like needed to accomplish something and it just simply didn't despite having the, the many, 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 many years long production cycle
1: it has to be something that they would at least feel confident in investing that much time into right because i mean okay so think about it you're one of, known as one of the best producers and comedians that our industry has right <laughs> would you work on a set for 10 years and not show it to anybody wouldn't that be just
0: maddening i that is a very nice thing to say and very inaccurate but i appreciate you um but yeah no i i totally yeah. i can't imagine it uh, one of the greatest rewards we have it kind of funny is being able to have direct interaction and feedback and like live in it and just kind of go and when something goes wrong guess what we'll do it right again tomorrow maybe we'll try like that's Mm -hmm. part of the fun and part of the whole experience and to imagine these game devs that are like just head down grinding for a decade and then you know simultaneously dealing with People like us talking about leaks and talking about like how dumb this oh, is and bad that is. And I hope this doesn't happen. And then the game comes out and it, if it's not the masterpiece we all have built in our minds, we're tearing them down. And like that gets so mm-hmm. difficult to, to kind of wrap your head around. So, I no, I could never do that. I, I'm not built that way.
1: No, I, I don't think many of us could work on a project in the silo in silence for that long. It would be it would be absolutely mind-boggling to even t- tackle such a thing. I mean, I'm thinking about things like Starfield, where everybody is just chomping at the bit to get a hold of it. We all want to play Starfield, and we're all like, okay, but we all know what happens with every other game that we've been waiting for for three years, where it doesn't come out to expectation. They talk like, you know, No Man's Sky, right? mm mm-hmm. it. Today, No Man's Sky is great, but when it launched, it wasn't. And because of that, has its reputation ever really recovered? Eh, It's arguable. It's great. I mean, it has.
0: I think that the reputation of No Man's Sky definitely uh, has recovered, and I think people nowadays will only speak positively about that game. But because of the blunders in the early days, it did not Mm -hmm. hit the meteoric heights that I do think it could have hit with the way that game was being positioned back then. I think that if No Man's Sky had worked the way that they said, I think we might see a pretty different PlayStation in certain ways uh, nowadays, but that's not how things went. But on the other side of that conversation, I do think it's important to point out some of the success stories of just because a game has an extremely long development cycle doesn't mean that it's going to end up not meeting expectations. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think is an excellent example of a game that, uh, I think the majority of us would have looked at and be like, for a long time, not believed it's actually ever going to come out. And then never believing it's actually going to be good when it does actually hit. And they did it. They pulled it off. So I'm hopeful that we see that with Starfield. And then I'm extra hopeful that we end up seeing that with Elder Scrolls 6 because I think that. That audience, that community out there is so massive. Xbox needs that type of win, and I just think that you know we know that Bethesda's got the stuff. I just hope that they can show that they got the stuff in modern times.
1: Absolutely. I wish in a conversation like this that we had Gary here, because uh, I, I feel like Gary could really speak to this. In that you you don't know what's going to be a hit if Hollywood knew. The formula of what was going to be a great game, what was going to be a great movie, what would spawn sequels and what would people latch onto? We'd have nothing but AAA 99 reviewed score every single time. We don't, you know, you can't predict the public. So would you have thought when The Last of Us came out that it would spawn this mega hype where everybody loves it?
0: No, no, you know, no, and I that's no. it's a beautiful thing that that can happen, yeah. but that that is a game that I mean, I, I don't know the exact uh length of the production timeline on all this, but I mean, that game wasn't made in a year, that game was made no. in many, many, many years, and that work results in something that special. So, I, I do think that uh, it's scary for games to balloon this big, but I, I do also appreciate that Xbox is. And for at least some projects, trying to make something bigger, trying to make something that hopefully does have that wow factor that could potentially turn into an HBO show or not. It does, it's not that video games need uh, a different media adaptation uh, to be anything more than what they are as a video game, but it's undeniable that that helps in terms of the mainstream viability of, it, of the product and the likelihood that we'll get more budget and investment in those projects.
1: Absolutely. Well, I hope you bring the subject back up again when you have a developer on here who has more development shops than I do. I'm just a silly guy that runs around the internet making jokes. But uh, you know, for everybody who watches that. daily. Yeah, it's like for everyone who watches daily, like, you know, tune in when Tim asks an actual developer about a cycle like this, because you gotta wonder, it, when they do that, do they plan that a new engine will be out in five years? Or do they just rock with the same engine for a decade? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a really interesting side of it, too, is just even the engines and how things have changed and what we're seeing now with Unreal Engine 4 going to 5 and, like, with games like Fortnite that are evolving live before our eyes. And to see uh, Fortnite, and I'm not even talking about it not being a Battle Royale, then becoming a Battle Royale, just the Battle Royale side, graphically, like, the tech going into it all, that game has advanced and just been patched in a way where we've gotten Fortnite Remake in real time, mm-hmm. and I just think that that is such an impressive new way that things are going. And I wonder: are these games always going to be, if they have a ten-year development cycle, will they always be behind because mm-hmm. they're being built on um, older tech, or are they going to be built in ways that those updates can happen a little bit more real time?
1: Is I don't it know. a live service game? Is it something that will need patched? You know, if they do come out with Fortnite two, would everybody jump on board? Of course they would.
0: Yeah, but I don't know that they ever need to, right? Because Fortnite can just yeah. live live forever. Um, let's move on to story number three. We got new Street Fighter 6 details. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN via Lil Wayne, a.k.a. Toon Chi. Uh, the Street Fighter 6 showcase has not only re- revealed that a demo for the latest entry in the legendary fighting franchise is available now on PlayStation 5 and 4 and soon on other platforms, but... It also announced who the Year 1 DLC fighters will be alongside new details for the single-player World Tour mode. Let's start with the demo, which will let players check out a bit of the World Tour mode and certain modes in Fighting Ground. Furthermore, players will be able to use the extensive Avatar Creator to build their very own fighter that can be imported into the full game when it's released on June 2nd, 2023. Uh, Progress in the World Tour mode, however, will not carry over. That's an important thing to note. Uh, The demo is available right now on Sony consoles and will arrive on Xbox and Steam on April 26th. Uh, so, not to five days from now. Uh, in the first year, Street Fighter 5's Rashid will kick things off in summer 2023. Newcomer AKI will be the second fighter in autumn. Street Fighter 4 and 5's Ed will be third in winter. And Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo's Akuma will finish year one in spring 2024. While it's always exciting to have new fighters join a roster, these fighters will also be added to the World Tour mode so players can interact with them, learn more about their history, and incorporate their moves into their own avatar. Steve, are you a Street Fighter guy?
1: I am, you know, it's funny. I just answered this question on Twitter like a week ago, where I was saying I used to be big into Mortal Kombat and I was like a Streets of Rage kind of guy, and I love those kind of games. And it's just not in my wheelhouse anymore. My arms just do not allow me to be a fighting game player anymore. So I watch them on Twitch and uh, I'm amazed by, you know, friends who are very good at it, whether they're disabled or not. Um, are, Are you somebody who likes fighting games and mashing fighters?
0: Yes, I'm definitely. I like fighting games. I am not good at fighting games, uh, but I, I enjoy There's playing there. them. And out of all of them, I think Street Fighter. Out of out of all like mm. the core two D fighting games, or not even two D, just core fighting games, I would say Street Fighter is the one that I'm the most into, having put a fair amount of time into every entry so far. Chun Li's my girl. Um, very excited for six. Very excited for the uh, the commentary mode that they're adding of having the like different like actual uh, shoutcasters or a couple celebrities like be able to commentate the fight and and it make it feel like it's real happening uh with you that's hype I think that's really cool and like uh makes it a lot of fun there's the the I forget that what they call it but the simple mode where the game starts to play a little bit more like Smash Brothers um with uh yeah. with less combos and more just kind of button inputs I think that's going to really open Street Fighter 6 up to modern controls is what a uh, pixelated soul is saying um I think that's gonna open it up to a lot of people. And I'm really hopeful we're having this fighting game renaissance right now, uh, between Mortal Kombat 12 coming out, Tekken 8, Street Fighter Six, we have uh Project L uh on the horizon, a lot of really great stuff. And I think that um it's gonna be an amazing time for fighting game fans, whether that's fans of playing, um, like I know Blessing is, or like you're saying, fans like you that um are able to to watch the tournaments and have so much fun. Like I feel like fighting games are uh better positioned than ever to be more than just a video game that you play. They're also, the the eSports side of it is easy to understand. Sometimes with MOBAs or with Overwatch or things like that, it can be really hard to watch competitively if you don't know exactly what's going on. But there's something inherently simple about two people on a screen hitting each other and the health bars at the top going down that even non-gamers can watch and be like, I understand what I'm looking at.
1: I, I totally agree. I will say, as a fighting game fan, I'm curious on your opinion here, Tim. So, we all know that the Things are advancing in customization, and we just read that you know this is going to have the ability to bring in sort of your own characters, your own makes, your own models, right? A good friend of mine, the real guy Judge on on Twitch, does uh, a fighting much like Kind of Funny Wrestling, where you know he lets his community come in and make their wrestlers, and then he doesn't play the game; he just watches the game, and he does the the commentator role, and lets the game play itself, but lets his community members be a part of that. and And I think for a, a group like Kind of Funny and the Best Friends, I think it's interesting would you, you imagine tim as a, a fighting fan would you enjoy a world where the game helps walk you through making your own character and they somehow integrate you know chat gbt style you know where the computer goes okay what kind of move would you like your fighter to make and what do you want its weakness to be like would that be interesting to you not to play but sort of to design your own virtual street fighter self
0: you know honestly that i I'm not really into the whole custom stuff in yeah. fighting games. Like I, I, I really care about the balance of it all. And I get really stressed out making decisions uh, when I have to like choose strengths and weaknesses and different moves and all of that. That's why even with the WWE games, like I need other people to just do it for me. Cause like I just get decision paralysis with it all. And I just can't, kind of define what I want my character to be. Um, so that's why I like them kind of making the characters and like I like the customization of outfits. That's kind of where it ends, <laughs> ends for me. But yeah, all of the like the real gameplay stuff. It's never really been my, my bag when it comes to that. So that's why I'm a little concerned about the Street Fighter single player. Um, I, I think it's going to be okay. I, I just don't. I hope that it's great. I just don't really get the vibe um, especially after seeing yesterday's uh, showcase that it's going to be anything really special.
1: I would love to hear more from people who have that point of view of being overwhelmed, like yourself. Like we don't talk about that a lot, but there are a lot of people out there who get very overwhelmed by a lot of decisions and more and more and more video games are kind of saying like, okay, here's a, here's a palette of tools, a dozen of them. Go ahead, make yourself your game, however you want. And there's some people who are like, uh, I just wanted to push some buttons. (laughs) Straight (laughs) up, man.
0: Straight up. (laughs) Um, you know, We have so many more news stories to talk about, but real quick, I want to let you know that we only get to do this because of your support over on patreon.com slash kind of funny and the support of our sponsors. You won't need to hear the support of our sponsors if you support us on Patreon, but for everyone else, here it is. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you, you, you out there, money.com slash kind of funny that's rocket money.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny Steve, I got a good question from the chat here. Om Jesus says, how much time do you spend in a character creator? What's your method? Or do you just select a preset and get into the game?
1: I have had a lot of fun in something like the spins or even like a fallout where i just like clicking the random generator i just did this with Diablo Four. you just click the random until it's something that's kind of close to what you like and then just kind of like tailor it from there i do feel tim's point about like it is becoming a bit overwhelming with all the options that they give you and sometimes having that random generation can spark that little bit of like you know what i kind of like that and then you just kind of go that way
0: yeah what what type of character do you tend to create
1: I, you know what? I am somebody who very much likes to go more of the matrix, the digital version of yourself kind of person. I'm much more of the into the what would I look like in this world or what would my character that I want to play be like in this world. I, I envy my friends who are like, all right, what's the silliest options I can possibly pick for this? Because that's just not me.
0: Yeah yeah, it's funny. I, I've thought about this uh, a lot recently because we were talking about just different character creators in in games and like do we have consistency between games? Like are we always making ourselves? Are we always making someone else? Is it a, the same character we're trying to make in all the different games? And I was thinking back and like I there was something about Super Mario Brothers 2 that I always really it's not character creator, but I always chose Princess Peach and like she was my girl. I like I, I kind of loved playing as her. And from then on, I always leaned towards choosing uh, a female uh, mm-hmm. character if I could. And that's always my starting point with character creators. And it's I, it's just weird. I don't know why that that's why my, I always default to it. But I've always been that way since day one. And I feel like there's been a consistent character that subconsciously I've been building in each game. And it's only – it's went from like pixels in the uh, SNES days to like – Beautifully rendered 4K now, but it's it's cool. Uh,
1: I don't I don't think that's weird at all. I think that is you literally project your hero, and for you, you tend to like the strong feminine character. You that's who you feel an affinity towards. Like this is a badass person, and I wish they were fighting on my team. But that's how I think we do character creation: is we create the characters that we would like to have a good time with.
0: Yeah. Super cool, man. Video games are cool, everybody. Story number four, Ubisoft shows off the Division Heartland and reveals Division 2's Year 5 roadmap. Wow. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Ubisoft revealed what's in store for its The Division series during a franchise showcase on Thursday. The presentation featured updates on the Division Heartland, uh, Heartland, Heartland. I don't know Uh, the Division Two and the Division Resurgence. Ubisoft provided an in-depth look at the Division Heartland, a free-to-play game for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox consoles, which is in development at Red Storm Entertainment. The VP focused survival action shooter is set in the rural American Midwest town of Silver Creek, which has been left in ruins following the spread of dollar flu. Heartland will enter closed beta later this year, and players can sign up for the chance to participate. Ubisoft also revealed the roadmap for Division 2's fifth year of content, which really surprises me. Uh, season oh, yeah. 1, Broken Wings, will launch in June and feature a new roguelite game, called, game mode called Descent. Players can sample the mode early by participating in a public PC test server beginning today. Season 2, Puppeteers, will feature a new incursion that takes players to the uh, Moret estate for confrontation with the cleaners. Season 3, Vanguard, will see players return to New York City to discover new revelations about Aaron Keener and his rogues. And Season 4, Black Diamond, will include new story DLC, adding fresh zones, main missions, and a whole new endgame structure. Ubisoft also said the next phase of testing for mobile looter shooter The Division Resurgence will launch this summer in select territories steve are you into the division at all
1: i i love the original division and i kind of fell off on the the latest version um i like the the zones that um that are kind of like more like tarkov where you go in you have your gear you need to get it out that kind of thing is kind of fun to me i like that pvp aspect um i have been still hankering for a good pve solid co-op game of this style i don't love that we're trying to put pvp into every single game like this i kind of do I, I just i don't know about you but i really really love going in with my group of buddies and just decimating some computer characters like i just like that camaraderie that good time of co-oping you know pvp is great and all but at the same time sometimes you just want to mash some monsters you know
0: yeah oh i totally get that I, i'm with you I'm, I'm not a pvp guy at all the pve So much fun to be had. Mm -hmm. I got to say, I'm surprised that division two is getting this much support five years in. I, I didn't realize it was getting what sounds like a lot of the content that the user base would actually be asking for. Still getting story content five years later. Does that surprise you?
1: What it, What is with today's run of stories? Uh, the, the Blessing picked every single story that talks about the next decade and a half of content. This is just where video games are going now, where we're plotting out our years in front of us in these these virtual worlds, right? It's pre, it's kind of awesome, because then if you know that you like a game, like, you have something to look forward to for years to come, and you're not like, well, it's been out for six months, so I guess they're already working on the sequel, and then this you know, won't matter that I spent all this time here. So I, I like those kind of roadmap things. I, I don't know. Are you, are you a fan of knowing where a game is going to go or do you like to be surprised?
0: I I mean, definitely. I, I just feel like there's we haven't cracked the code on like the right amount of support. Um, before moving on to a sequel and all of that. because there's no consistency, and I don't know that there necessarily needs to be perfect consistency, but um, the Street Fighter story we just read, them laying out, hey, here's the year one of DLC. I like that. It's clear. It's concise. It's letting you know, these characters are coming. We're telling you right now. We're not trying to build this as uh, what it's not. Like, we're not trying to uh, trick anybody. We're just trying to enjoy, make sure everything's balanced, and we're going to continue to grow from there. Um, But you look at the Ubisoft side of things, and we've been talking a lot recently about Just the amount of IP they have, the amount of games, the amount of annualized games, franchised games, the amount of similar games they have. There's just a lot going on. Uh, And to, on top of that, have to have these games, whether they're games as a service or just multiplayer in general, have to have content and updates. We're just at this point of there's just a lot out there and a lot of expectations yep. and a lot of opportunities for gamers to be let down mm-hmm. um so that surprises me that division two is still getting this much support and there's, they're also talking about these spinoff titles of resurgence in heartland uh, and we're not hearing yet right now about division three um but you got to imagine after year five this is probably the end of division two
1: you would think so. And I, you just talked about being overwhelmed with information, and I think this probably falls in that same category, right? Where you're getting a lot of information and, and a lot of roadmap, but also uh that's a lot that's two games and multiple dlcs and it gives you something to look forward to but also things that to take into account so do you continue to play and enjoy the same world knowing that there's a dlc that's just going to be out four months so why do you bother getting all the gear and working your butt off to be the best your character can be only to have it washed away when the next grade of gear comes in i don't know i think that's uh, that was what was kind of cool uh back in like you know Diablo days and whatnot where it was like all of a sudden, Blizzard could be like, "Hey, we're putting out Hellfire. It's going to be a new cool thing. You're going to love it." And we'd be like, "Ah, oh, that's amazing! It's so cool. Now you can plot it out in your gaming experience." I don't know. I could see both sides of it. Not to play the middle fence here, but I could see where some people really be happy with the game going on for this long because they love it, and other people will be like, "Wow, could you just move on, please?"
0: Yeah, for sure. Hey, Barrett, is there any way we can get Mike's uh mic on real quick? I want to get his thoughts uh, on this because, if I remember correctly, Mike's a Division Two guy, right? That is correct, Tim. And what up, Steven Spawn? Good to see you, homie.
1: Hello, buddy. I love you. Thank you for coming on. Say hello.
0: Hey, man, right back at you. And yeah, I am a Division Two guy. And it's interesting, Tim. I am someone who loves to get a ton of content and a lot of mileage out of my gameplay but for me of course I am looking for the big old three on the box art I'm ready for something new it's almost like the destiny problem that I have right of like a lapsed player or someone who likes to play it right when it comes out I play a bunch of content and then it's harder for me to come back when we get into year five of situations like this I am looking more towards hey put the three on the box and you might bring me back it's a little bit easier than saying hey this is the fifth year content we're going to do this and that and if you're like me. You're like, mm, I don't know if that vibes with me right now. So for the division side of things, I'm looking for the three. Will I check it out? Yeah, with Greg Miller, we'll probably turn it on and take a look, but it probably won't hold me for a long time. All right, well, there you go. Of Mike's going to be joining us for a little post show after this, so yeah. thank you for making a little surprise appearance Thanks for having me, you two. <laughs> Let's move on to story number five, Steve. A Fortnite movie is not actively being worked on. This comes from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. It seems like every video game franchise is getting a film adaptation these days, but one popular game you probably won't see on the big screen anytime soon is Fortnite, according to Epic Games' chief creative officer Donald Mustard. In an interview with Collider, Mustard said the company was not actively working on a Fortnite movie at this moment, but then explained that a future adaptation is still a possibility. To me, I want to do stuff that always just feels authentic and is a great story. And so it's not something we're actively working on right now. I'm not going to say it won't ever happen. In fact, I mean, I know exactly how I would do the Fortnite whatever. Exactly. I know exactly the story I'd want to, but it's not the focus right now. I don't have time. Mustard then added that Epic Games has a relationship with production company AGBO via investment, uh, suggesting an adaptation might happen via that connection one day. But he also noted that given Fortnite's success, he wouldn't exactly have to work hard to get one greenlit. Oh, yeah, a Fortnite movie gets greenlit by any studio in a second. It's just there's other stuff we're working on right now. Not too much of a surprise here, but do you have any takeaways?
1: I you know so number one, I have to say right off the the bat, uh Rebecca Valentine, the best in the business. She's amazing. So Absolutely. Rebecca. Um but also um the Fortnite getting a movie at this point—I I can't imagine a world that doesn't. It's definitely going to have The Rock for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see a world where we don't get that. Uh, I'm mean, surprised a little bit that they haven't figured out some way kind of League of Legends, very, you know, monetization of it. Whether you know, I mean, I mean Arcane was pretty good. I don't, did you see Arcane? Oh yeah, Arcane okay, was
0: incredible. It,
1: it's really good right like even if you're not a league fan it's good it's real mm-hmm. good uh, the characters are, are well you know you love jinx you know, love love those are i mean personally my, my girlfriend and i back in the 20 teens used to play those two characters so immediately i was like i love these characters and i haven't even seen the show yet and then you watch it and you're proud of it and i think that they'll do something like that in fortnite uh, I think the one interesting challenge, and I, I know you mentioned Fortnite earlier, you're not a huge PvE guy, neither am I. But, you know, dabble in the Fortnite from time to time, right? Uh, do, you, do you think it's important that we know the lore of Fortnite in order for there to be a movie when it is a game where you just you jump in, you shoot some people, you die, you do it again?
0: Steve, I have a, the perfect response to you, and that is Super Mario Bros. the movie, which was utterly fantastic. And there was no lore for them to build off, and they didn't care, <laughs> and it didn't matter at all. That's what I think the magic of Fortnite is here. That yeah. when, when they have a movie, I think everything Donald's saying here is exactly what I would want to hear. It's like, they don't yeah. have time to focus on this right now. He knows how they would need to get it done. And it is that vision to get it right. We don't just need a Fortnite movie coming out because then we'll get things like the Angry Birds movie that just kind of feel like pure cash no soul, no heart put into the property and why people actually like the thing to begin with. Whereas you look at the Mario movie, you look at Last of Us, you nobody... You can not like it or whatever, but nobody can look at that and say, people didn't care making this. They cared a lot. Um, And I feel like Fortnite more than deserves that, especially at this point with how dominant it's been in the industry for as long as it has, how much it's adapted and changed, how much it's affected the youth. Like, Fortnite... means what mario meant to me to millions of kids out there and um it's those little things it's the way the characters move it's the sound effects it's the the memes and the tiktok sounds and all of that like in the same way i just watched the mario movie for the fifth time (laughs) a couple days ago and still well up and still get excited for just these little moments and like things that i love so much and have for so long i want more people to be able to experience that. I think that a Fortnite movie can easily accomplish that.
1: To be fair, Jack Black does carry any movie he's ever in ever, so...
0: Get him in Fortnite. (laughs)
1: I I would love that. Oh, please bring Bowser into Fortnite. Uh, No, you know, I I I think this. I think all of your points are completely one hundred percent on target. I love the fact that you can enjoy Fortnite from a lore perspective or from just the fan perspective. I have a good friend named Mouse in game who knows every single intricate character and what they do and where they do and why they do it and background stuff that I would have no idea. Oh, that's why this gun is in the game because this faction needed to bring it in to fight these people. And I'm like, I just like making it go bang bang so, yeah. you know uh you know i i like that we both can be in the same world and enjoy it at the same time but for completely different reasons and we both have the same great experience
0: yeah Fortnite's special man it, it definitely is um and video games in general are so cool fortnite 2 though i don't know if we'll mm-hmm. ever get it it seems so know. far away steve but if oh, i wanted know? to know what was coming to mom and grop shops today where would i look
1: I'm so glad that you asked that because the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts, each and every weekday.
0: Nailed it, Steve. Out today, uh-uh. we have Advance Wars One Plus Two reboot camp on Switch can't wait for that what an amazing video game advanced wars days and i'm so happy people are finally going to be able to play it either again or more likely for the very first time if you missed out on this game before definitely give this one a shot uh dead island 2 is out on playstation 5 xbox series X and S, playstation 4 xbox 1 and pc uh like i was saying greg and uh some of the homies will be playing it right after games daily so go check that out twitch.tv slash kind of funny games youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh, uh, Volcano Princess is on PC. Mia and the Dragon Princess is on everything. Lots of princesses today. Uh, Nacho Kado is on uh, Switch. And Summon Quest on mobile. Deal of the day for you. This one is extremely important. Um, Wario64 points out that uh, the Sonic with Ring Funko Pop is available on Amazon for twelve ninety nine. So if you want that, mm-hmm. you can get that.
1: You, do you still love Funko Pops, Tim?
0: You know, I have never for a single moment purchased, uh, thought about purchasing a Funko Pop. This, these are one of those things for me. I don't like the look of them. I don't like mm-hmm. the vibe of them. And I also know that if I start, I can't stop myself. Same reason I didn't start getting Amiibos. And Amiibos are right up my alley. I'm a Nintendo boy through and through. And if I started with one, I'd have to get them all. Pokemon taught me early. Got to catch them all. It messed me up in the 90s, Steve
1: man the pokemon just getting you early once you get one you get them all
0: that's it here I am 30 years (laughs) later still doing it in every every way possible wasting every penny that I have on these (laughs) damn little creatures so yeah Funko's not for me what about you
1: uh, you know, uh, I get so many of them through streaming. Like, there are so many times, and this is the one thing I think is sweet, and this is just me me being a little mushy guy for a minute here. I think it's really sweet when a fan will send you to your P.O. box, uh, to, hey, this character reminded me of you of something you said one time, and it made me smile, so I spent 12 bucks on you, and here, enjoy. And it's like, uh Like, even if I don't like the character, or even if I don't like Funko Pops, I'm just like, wow, that person spent 12 of their hard-earned dollars for something that they thought of me when they looked like, it's
0: cool. I love that. I hope that you out there see this Sonic with Ring and it inspires you to buy it for someone else. You know, make yeah. them happy, like whoever Tim. they are. Or Blessing. Like yeah. Maybe Blessing. Blessing sounds good. Um, or Tim. Just send a bunch of <laughs> yeah, just. Can you imagine <laughs> if I just had like a hundred Sonic with Ring Funko Pops? No, uh, be, having, I can't wait heaven or hell i can't
1: wait to get that angry message from tim he's like you set this up now i got (laughs) 600 of these funko puffs delivered to the studio what the heck steve
0: sorry (laughs) wouldn't be the worst thing uh that we've ever gotten here steve we have a a couple minutes left to to hang out i kind of want to talk to you about the your year in gaming so far what have been some of your um the things you've loved the most what are some of your disappointments
1: um i of course i'm waiting for starfield like the rest of us as we talked about earlier i can't wait for that to come out i have been absolutely enthralled with marvel snap uh um, hell it is yes my, it's my new addiction um i i was convinced i would get the galactus set to go through and i did finally got infinite um so you got with, infinite myself i did i got infinite with it yeah
0: Oh my God, congratulations. That's incredible.
1: Oh, so much grinding. I was so happy, though, man. man. Uh, What's the highest you've gotten so far?
0: I mean, I was just saying yesterday, like, I I don't really play the ranking game that much like i'm more on the collecting uh-huh. side so i'm more focused on doing the daily challenges that oh, um uh, sometimes good. those yeah. get in the way of me like actually performing well um so i feel like the highest i've ever gotten was like 78 or something like that that's pretty good it's pretty good but it's not it's not 100 <laughs> man infinite is uh nothing to shake a stick at man you're you're, <laughs> oh. you're doing the damn thing
1: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, there's been some cool things like that that I've enjoyed this month. From. I've been having some good times playing um, American Truck Simulator with Lil Simsie. Uh We've been having fun goofing around in that. It's such a silly game to just run around and just deliver packages and run each other off the road. That's always fun. Um, but I think my, my weirdly excited one for the year was I got into um, Company of Heroes 3. I wasn't expecting to like that, but I played the whole damn campaign. I don't know. There's something about it. It was just fun.
0: That's awesome, man. Has there uh, been anything so far that you were excited for that let you down?
1: um uh, it's always accessibility that lets me down um I, I i was i was one of the people on twitter i'm sure you saw me being like oh, i can't wait for marvel suns it's going to be amazing i can't wait for it and like just like i said earlier i opened it up within six minutes i realized i'm not gonna be able to play this and there's nothing i can do about it and um you know you you send off your messages even someone like me that can talk in the back channels and be like hey you guys didn't add this thing why didn't you it, it doesn't always mean it's going to get added so Unfortunately, I was not able to play Marvel Suns, and I won't be able to play it in the foreseeable future, so I was sad about that, and uh, I, I hope eventually they make it a little more accessible
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. um well, stay in line with that a little bit let's let's keep talking about the uh the able gamers the uh, gala that's going down like what what and, are some of the things you're most excited about happening tomorrow
1: So you know, I really think the cool part of it is the fact that it's Stardew Valley meets zoom so if you have a camera if you want to get on there and look all pretty like tim you could do that if you don't want to turn on your camera you can see you can talk in text like there's all kinds of different modalities for anybody to meet their favorite creators and you just don't know who's going to show up and who's going to be there if they're not listed there uh that could be anybody and that's the kind of cool experience right uh that i think all of us are, are craving in this world right it was access versus accessibility not everybody has thousands of dollars to go to PAX or they live out where you guys do where you can go to gdc and the other cool conventions because they're in your backyard some of us are across the world so this allows people who may have never been outside of their own four walls if you're disabled to go and meet these cool people have a good time and uh listen to music we have a live dj if you all saw uh the, the lobster dj with her lobster sandals uh, going around the internet a couple months ago we got her for the event we got um ninja brian from ninja sex party to come and do the awesome headliner. yep uh i don't know have you gotten to hang out with brian yet he's such a cool dude i
0: yeah i met brian at uh rtx in uh, 2017 and yeah he is he is one of the funniest people out there the, the he, whole game grumps crew all of them are just such such great great people so
1: great they're so freaking great uh, he literally he wanted to bring on a special guest and he's like steve i have a big ass for you i'm like okay we'll say he's like i want to bring on a special guest his name is Funky Wizard. I'm like Funk Wizard. Yes. I don't even need to know anymore. Don't say anymore. Say less. Bring on the <laughs> Funk Wizard. Let's go. So there's Funk Wizards, and it's gonna be fantastic. I'm, I, you know, I'm just excited. There's cool things like video games you can play with your friends, with creators, and it all goes to charity. We're all gonna get on stage and talk about the cool things we do and make people proud. And honestly, like I said, Tim, this is not a stream bit. This is not just a best friends bit. This is. I really hope that everyone from you to Greg to all the best friends who have donated even five dollars over the year i hope that this kind of stuff makes you all proud when you get to see what able gamers has done with your support and why we hope you'll keep supporting
0: yeah i mean best community in the world because they have amazing things to to support like what you guys have done over there Mashrik in the chat saying what is steven's name and channel i'm fairly new to kind of funny games and it's my first time seeing them you want to help him out there
1: Absolutely. Uh, so during the daytime, you can find me on any social media, Spawn Spohn, S-P-O-H-N. Uh, I'm on Whip, Twitter way too much. I apologize to anybody following me. And uh, if you want to find me streaming, it's the phonetic spelling of Steve, I-N-S-P-A-W-N. My my channel is kind of best friend-ish. Uh, now, I, I don't play with Mike very much because he's all PvP and I'm very bad at it. But we have that same kind of flavor of uh, just community atmosphere. So we're always trying to do things together and have fun
0: yeah, and then do you want to talk a little bit more just about able gamers in in general? Like what is Absolutely. that for people that don't know?
1: So able Gamers is a video game charity that helps people with disabilities be able to enjoy the same video games as everyone else. So we essentially as a charity, enable players with disabilities so that they can have the experiences they want in video games. Imagine if you are wanting to play Fortnite or Metal Gear Solid or any of the games we talked about today, but you weren't able to because you have a physical disability, if you are deaf, if you are blind. Able gamers has ways to help you be able to match the technology that exists with your challenges to help you overcome them. You can see on the screen there we have testimonials. Each and every one of those is a real person. So if you scroll back up, that's the. those are all people. Those are all just individual people that help. Now we like to talk about the millions of gamers out there that need help. We like to talk about and the numbers, you know, make things sound big and spectacular. But honestly, Tim, it's just about changing lives one at a time it's just reaching out to people like you imagine if you weren't able to play video games like you and i have had this conversation off air but you know it, it, what would it be like for you if you couldn't play video games
0: i mean i i can't imagine you know i, I can't imagine I, the work that y'all are doing is so important and so inspiring and i think that it, it again shows the importance of video games and what they can mean and we we're talking about street fighter earlier of you don't even need to necessarily be playing video games for video games to be able to affect you and make you feel like you're part of a community and to allow you to kind of Find who you are and find what you love about yourself and all of that. So I, I really think that uh, the, the Abel Gaber's cause has been amazing for for all the years that we have uh, been able to kind of help you guys because you guys are doing such great stuff. And I'm just happy that we're able to do anything uh, because <laughs> we're out here just like talking about video games. You guys are out there like, doing some real work <laughs> to, to be able to make sure that everybody that wants to play a game can and to the best of their abilities, so i think it's really incredible stuff and thank you so much Stephen, for being such a such a positive force in the industry i've never heard a single bad thing about you every single one of the people that i love most in the industry absolutely loves you to see bruce green and alana like the amount of snow bike mike like everyone loves you man so thank you for being a uh, good dude
1: now you're making me blush come on dude <laughs> uh, well you know, i have a great team with me uh you know people like um Maggie judge and uh, dr Andy Booth our founder Mark Belay, and the list goes on and on. all these great teams it's not just me I'm just the pretty face I'm just the one that has the riz to be up here and, and get to hang out with Tim I'm just blessed in that way uh, but there's a whole team of people who are just doing it to, to help individuals so my point to the whole ramble there about Tim and and, and his uh, view on video gaming is just each and every one of you out there listening I know video games are important to you and our only goal at able gamers is to make sure that we help as many people people. People have that same experience as you have every day
0: absolutely love that and a great way to help support that if you are at home right now listening is to go to ablegamers.org slash gala that's g-a-l-a tomorrow they're doing the big thing it's going to be so much fun uh you could be part of it 4 p.m eastern time april 22nd uh definitely go hang out with everybody meet some of your favorite creators and just have a good time supporting an absolutely amazing cause steve do you have any final words before we uh, let you go here
1: uh is amazing uh don't wear pants if you don't have to and i'd always tune into kind of funny games daily to get all the greatest news from around the internet all in one place
0: i love that thank you so much for all of your support uh let me tell you something all right you're wrong Flawless. Didn't get a single year wrong today. We did great, Steve.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. High five. Let's go.
0: Yep, that is awesome. Uh, next week's hosts, we got some fun stuff going on, everybody. Monday, it is me and Snowbike Mike. Tuesday, it is me and hopefully Fran Mirabella. That's on the docket. Wednesday, blessing me. Thursday, blessing. And Austin Creed, WWE superstar, makes his first appearance in the spare bedroom. It is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, And then Friday is me and bless. And the reason Austin Creed is here is because next Thursday is Greg Miller's 40th birthday. And we're going all out with the Greg Miller stream birthday bash. You're definitely going to want to hang out all day with us. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Going to be a great time next Thursday. Greg's turning 40, everybody. Um, Steve, Thank you so much for hanging out with us. For everyone else, remember, now that we're done with Games Daily, me and Mike are going to hang out for the post show for a little bit before we get to the stream. You can write in your Super Chats. You can subscribe, resubscribe on Twitch, leave it a message. We'll answer your questions about the stories from the day and whatever you want to talk about in the video game world. Steve, appreciate you. Can't wait for tomorrow. Hope everything goes great. Until next time. Thank you. Love you all. Goodbye.
1: Bye.